Hey y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles and this is your weekly update. It's September 7th, 2021. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. First of all, hope you had a lovely Labor Day weekend. I know I did. And hopefully most of you got Monday off and enjoyed that day. It was a weekend full of football, so we'll get to that. We'll also touch on some baseball, NFL, golf, tennis, soccer, and Olympic sports. So let's go ahead and get started. We are in the final month of the MLB's regular season, so let's go ahead and give the standings as they stand right now. The American League is led by the Tampa Bay Rays, then the Astros, and then we have a tight race for third between the White Sox, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, and the Red Sox are having a little bit of a COVID outbreak at the moment. They've placed 11 players on the COVID list over the last week. While the National League is led by the Giants, the Dodgers, and then followed by the Brewers. Again, we're in the last month, so the regular season ends on October 3rd. Dodgers pitcher Matt Scherzer struck out 13 players when they played St. Louis on Monday. This is his 104th game with double-digit strikeouts. That is the fifth most in MLB history. Scherzer is now just six KOs away from three thousand strikeouts. He would only be the 19th player in league history to make that threshold. In typical SF fashion, the Oracle Park concession workers have voted, or at least 96% of them have anyway, to go on strike after COVID concerns. 20 workers have contracted COVID in that stadium since it reopened. TBD, how impactful this is going to be though, because the team actually begins a six-game road trip and won't play at home again until September 13th. Moving on to college football. Week one was absolutely no disappointment with eight teams in the top 25 losing, including all three of the ACC's top teams, Clemson, number three, number 10, UNC, and number 14, Miami, all lost this weekend. I'm not going to say I told you so, but Wisconsin and LSU, both in the top 25, lost this weekend. And if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, I said that they were extremely overrated, seeing as neither one had a winning record and then was preseason ranked top 25. Well, they both lost over the weekend. LSU lost to UCLA and UCLA majorly got the benefit of that now being ranked in the top 25. And number 20, Washington, lost to Montana. So that is not a good sign for the Pac-12 right now. Game day was at the Georgia-Clemson game. And although that game was tight as far as two teams playing in the top five, there was actually no offensive touchdown scored in that game. It was actually extremely boring to watch. Uh, And then UNC lost on Friday in what was a nail-biter against VTech. And that VTech crowd, man, they were rowdy. They definitely played into the game and caused UNC's quarterback, Sam Howell, some serious trouble. The Hokies are now ranked for that win as well. Week two does not nearly look as exciting. And game day heads to Ames, Iowa for the state showdown between Iowa and Iowa State. 
Iowa made a powerful statement against another ranked opponent, Indiana, this past weekend, while Iowa State struggled against Northern Iowa. So we'll see how this weekend goes for both teams. NFL season starts Thursday with the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All teams will be in action this weekend, and the Texans have actually named their starting quarterback as Tyrod Taylor after Deshaun Watson currently has a 22 civil lawsuits outstanding and has requested a trade. He is still on the roster, however. This also means that fantasy football drafts must happen before Thursday. So get prepared and check out the blog post I did on that last week. So as we have college football starting and NFL starting this week, golf has come to an end and Patrick Cantlay wins big and wins the entire FedEx Cup. Can't say I'm too surprised here with the way he was putting, but it's a huge $15 million payday. He actually came into the FedEx Cup with less than $15 million in lifetime earnings. So he doubled that in one day. He beat John Rahm by one stroke. This ends the 2020-2021 season, and the 2021-2022 season will begin next week, not this weekend, but the next weekend in Napa with the Fortinet Championship, and the Ryder Cup will be the week following. Captain's picks for the Ryder Cup should be announced tomorrow. Tokyo is officially done with its hosting duties as the Paralympics came to a close this past weekend with the final medal count rounding out at China with 207, Great Britain with 124, RPC at 118, and the United States finished fourth with 104. As far as golds go, United States placed third behind China with 96, Great Britain with 41, and we ended with 37. I know Tokyo doesn't seem to have been a overwhelming success. However, every athlete that I spoke to felt that despite the situation that they were forced into, that Tokyo actually did a great job hosting. Sticking with Olympic news, but moving on to the next upcoming games, the 2022 Beijing Olympic Games, and NHL players will now be allowed to compete. The NHL, the NHL Players Association, and the IOC have all come to agreement that was fitting on all sides. This is a huge W as NHL players have been fighting to return back to the Olympic Games for a while. This has made possible that the league will take breaks from games, the NHL being that league, from February 3rd through the 22nd, and that will be when the All-Star Game will be played. It's also in discussions that the NHL logo will be featured in some way during those games, but that's still being worked out. This should make hockey a lot more entertaining for those of us who are in the United States, as we'll recognize a lot more of the players playing in the Olympic Games. There are only 150 days before those Olympic Games begin, so get excited. I do this next part for the ladies, really. Moving on to soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 110th and 111th goals internationally during Portugal's win over Ireland on Wednesday. He is now the solo record holder of the most goals scored ever in international play. He was then released by the team early to go back to Man U, which he will make his debut on 9-11. The U.S. Open in tennis is in the quarterfinals, and you might have seen that they have provided quite a number of headlines over the last week. 
The third round is what saw all the drama. American Shelby Rogers pulled off an incredible upset, beating world number one Ashley Barty. However, she did then go on to lose to Great Britain's Emma Raducanu in straight sets. She had this to say after her fourth round loss that she is expecting death threats and wished social media didn't exist. Fellow American Sloane Stevens also backed up Rogers, saying she has also received abusive and harassing messages on Instagram after she lost to Angelique Gerber. If that weren't enough drama for you, other favorite Naomi Osaka also lost in the third round. On the men's side, Djokovic, despite going down the first set 1-6 to six, against number 99, Jensen Brooksby, is now only three wins away from the first calendar slam in 52 years. He will play his quarterfinal match tomorrow. And actually, that's a great segue into what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. The quarterfinals in the U.S. Open finish tomorrow with the women's semifinals competing on Thursday and the women's final on Saturday at 3 p.m. on ESPN. The men's will also, quarterfinals will also finish tomorrow and then their semifinals will be competed on Friday with their final at 3 p.m. on ESPN on Sunday. Obviously, being in the final month of regular season play, there's a bunch of MLB games, but the highlight has to be Saturday and Sunday, the Yankees at the Mets. This is basically the battle for New York, people. College football week two is not nearly as exciting, but we do have Oregon versus Ohio State at 11 a.m. on Saturday, followed then by number 10 Iowa versus number nine Iowa State at 3.30. This is game day. The other two games I chose to highlight was number 15, Texas, plays at Arkansas, which is a battle of the old Southwest Conference on Saturday at 6, followed by number 21, the Utah Utes versus BYU in the God Bowl at 9.15. Again, the big major news of this week is that the NFL returns on Thursday night at 7.20 on NBC, Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. You then have a jam-packed Sunday with nine games at noon on either CBS or Fox, depending on your geographical location, four games at 325 for the same channels, the Bears at the Rams at 720 on NBC, and this rounds out Monday Night Football with the Ravens at the Raiders at 715 on ESPN. We actually have a couple of motorsport events this weekend as well, highlighted by the MotoGP race at Aragon this weekend. That will be on NBCSN at 1.30 p.m. here in the United States. And why this is important is because there has been quite a shakeup after Maverick Vinales left Yamaha, and he will now be racing on the Aprilia as of this GP. Obviously, following the conclusion of the Paralympics, there's not a whole lot of Olympic sports going on, but there is the final Diamond League meet for track and field of the season at noon on Thursday. If you are a soccer fan, I would go ahead and tune in on Saturday at 9 a.m. on NBCSN. They have Premier League mornings. They have a game at 6.30 a.m. And then the teams are TBA right now for the 9 o'clock game. But I'm go ahead and probably guess that that will be Man U versus Newcastle for Cristiano Ronaldo's return to that team. That wraps it up for me this week. But if you're like, hey, wait, you're missing this or you want to see something additional, please check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. 
or email me and I will get it added to the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and see y'all next week.